Hey everyone, so on today's episode we talk about what's reasonable uh, in regards to exercise, um, diet and sleep that'll give you, you know, uh, decent results in the gym that you'll live longer, feel better and look better. Uh, if you want more information you can go to our website rpmfitness.ie or hit us up on social media on Facebook and Instagram or Twitter, whatever your platform of choice is. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. So what's considered reasonable with regards to health and fitness? Today we're going to talk about what is the least amount to do or what's considered reasonable uh, amount of effort so that you can get in good shape, be healthy, live longer, feel better and all that jazz. So we're going to cover sleep, we're going to cover diet and we're going to cover exercise, be it in the gym and outside the gym. So these are the bare minimum things you can do and what I consider reasonable and things you should kind of um, just be aware of and ask yourself, can I do this bare minimum? And if you can, you get good results. If you can't, you really kind of have to change your goals. So the first thing is sleep. Sleep is the easiest thing unless you have a newborn baby or you live next to, I don't know, a quarry that blows dynamite off in the middle of the night or something. Sleep is the easiest thing you can control that will help you get in better shape, a better mental state and better overall life in general. More and more studies are coming out showing that, look, getting constant, regular sleep is basically like getting health insurance. It is vital to your mental health, it is vital to your hormone health, it is vital to how you think the next day and the week after and the week after and week after and it builds over time. So sleep deprivation is really dangerous. You don't know when you're sleep deprived how badly uh, your judgment is affected. It's been shown that basically when you're extremely sleep deprived, like three or four days sleep deprived, your judgment is as bad as someone who is drunk. And if you ever dealt with someone who's drunk, trying to explain to you they're not drunk, you kind of understand just how bad that can be. Um, so there's that. And look, two famous people who advocated getting no sleep ever were Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher. Both of them got Alzheimer's and suffered from bad mental health in later life. Now that's a correlation, not proof of anything, but as more and more research comes out, it does show that sleep is a key to health. So if you are not getting seven to eight hours sleep consistently, then you are sabotaging everything else. That is the first thing. Getting that much sleep puts you in a better mental frame for the next day. It makes your body recover better. It puts your hormones better. It makes everything in general better. And for people who go, I have got no time to get to sleep or I can't get to sleep. Or look, if you can't sacrifice an hour of Netflix or an hour of TV or YouTube or social media or whatever it is to not get that extra hour of sleep, then look, you're not being reasonable. All right, you can't want, you know, the best results and be saying, oh, I can't get seven hours sleep because X, Y, Z reasons. Look, if you want it, then try and get seven hours sleep. If you can push it to eight, get eight. If you get more than eight, you probably don't need more than eight, but everyone's different. But realistically, all areas point to seven to eight hours sleep. You really should try as much as you can to get that much sleep. So that covers the most important aspect is sleep. I can't stress this enough. Sleep is vital. Now, the second most important aspect uh, to health and fitness and general overall well-being is your diet. Now, diet is a sticky one and people make up all kinds of excuses as to why they can't eat a certain way or why they can't lose weight or why they can't gain weight. And everyone has different reasons. And look, when you take away all the conjecture and all the fluff and, and just look at it black and white, the reality is there are two key stones to most people's body composition goals, whether it's gain weight or lose weight. And the two most important factors are calories and protein. If you want to gain weight, you need to eat excess calories every day 
So your body will put on mass. So it will store that energy, be it in muscles, from building muscle when you're training, or in fat tissue, adipose tissue, if you're sitting around doing nothing. Conversely, if you want to lose fat on your body, you have to be in a calorie deficit. So your body isn't getting enough energy, and as a result, it will burn off your fat stores or your muscle stores to give you energy. That is simple. It's thermodynamics, energy in, energy out. Unless you are an anomaly to physics and chemistry, that is sadly how it works. And unfortunately, yes, food is delicious and the high calorie foods are even more delicious, so that's a bit of a problem. But that is the basic tenet. Now, where protein comes into it is it's been shown uh, in generally all diets when protein is controlled and people eat the right amounts, generally and in a calorie controlled diet, generally they get the best results because if you eat the right amount of protein, your body will store muscle mass or keep muscle mass on your frame when you're dieting. Similarly, when you are building muscle, you need protein to build that muscle, but it's more important when you're dieting that you eat an adequate amount of protein so your body will not not cannibalize or break down your muscle tissue so that you maintain your muscle tissue so you look good when you start stripping away that fat. So they're the two most important factors. The rest of your calories can be made up with uh, carbohydrates and fat, and that can differ from person to person. But the reality is once you get a handle on calories and your protein, you're off to the races generally on whatever your goals are. Now, here's where we fall into the gray area of what's, what's considered reasonable. So when people want to lose weight, my general attitude towards people is, look, are you willing to track your calories? And if they say, no, I don't want to do that, that is a major stumbling block. And the reason for that is, why not? Why are you not willing to download an app for free and input the foods you eat into a, the app? It is literally four button presses and you're holding the phone in your hand most of the day. If you haven't got a smartphone, you can also do it online. The, uh, you know, my fitness pal is the one I always recommend to people, but you can do that online. It has a huge database of foods and puts it in black and white what you're eating. So if you are overeating certain foods, you will see right there going, that's where I'm making my mistake for my calories. If you are undereating certain foods, you will see it right there in your calories. No more different than looking at your bank statement, seeing money in and money out. So when people say, I don't want to do that, I'm like, okay, fine. That's reasonable that you find calorie, you find calorie counting a chore or you don't want to check your macros and all that jazz. So my other option I give to people is let's cut out calorie dense foods completely. So that means you don't have to worry about calorie tracking because if you're eating, if you're eating low calorie, high nutrient dense foods, then you're probably not going to go over your calories. But what foods are they? Basically, it's meat, fish and vegetables. And that's it. Some fruit, but no dairy, no bread, no pasta, no rice, no oats, no junk food, uh, no alcohol, nothing like that. And the reason I, I, I give these people these two different things, because if you count your calories, then you can include certain indulgent foods because you'll see the calories of those foods and you can work them into your diet and you can play with them. That's reasonable. But on the other hand, if you have a problem with eating food and you overeat food, but you're unwilling to track your calories, then it's not reasonable for me to go, yeah, you can have alcohol because I don't, you don't know how much you're going to have and you don't know how many calories in it or how much cake you're going to eat and you're probably going to overconsume your calories. So I frame it like this to people. If you've got a spending problem, you should probably cut up your credit card. Similarly, if you have, if you eat too much calories and you're unwilling to track your calorie spending, as it were, you should probably cut out the foods that are high in calories. So your ice creams, your pizzas, your junk foods. So basically your diet should be meat, fish, and vegetables. And you're pretty much, the weight will fall off you, pretty much. Um, because they're high in protein, 
meat and fish and the vegetables are low in carbs and will fill or low in calories I should say and fill you up so those are kind of your two options and for four people jump down my throat and say oh, I can't give up this because you've got to live and oh, you know, all this nonsense just remember pregnant women give up an awful lot when they're pregnant because they have to for you know so they don't uh, harm their baby they give up smoking they give up caffeine uh, something which I would find impossible to do they give up um, alcohol they give up tuna they give up shellfish all manners of things because they want their baby to be healthy and rightfully so and if you want you to yourself to be healthy and be a healthy weight and all that jazz you should probably give up those things too if you need to watch your calories on the other hand if you count your calories you don't have to worry about that you can include them into your diet because you're counting your calories no more than counting your money do you know how much is coming in and how much is going out you can kind of decide what you're spending if you have a clue what you're making and you have a clue what you're spending then you probably shouldn't be going to the shop with a credit card. Same with your diet. Now, that's diet fairly uh, covered fairly simply and reasonably. And now the last one, exercise. Now exercise falls into two categories. And the first category is resistance training or what someone would call weightlifting or the gym. And the other category is um, cardio. So that could also be considered the gym or could be considered doing sports or considered going for a run or cycle or whatever. You want to marry both of them together if you want the best results for your health. Now, if you have other goals like, I don't know, um, like uh, you have a certain goal for running or a certain goal for cycling or a certain goal for body physique, then maybe you want to skew your training one way or other. But if you just want to be overall healthy and fit, you want to combine the two. And what's reasonable is this. If you can go to the gym to do resistance training, so lifting weights, three days a week and do a full body program that includes uh, some version of squats, some version of deadlifts, some version of pushing something, so that can be a bench press or overhead press, some version of pulling something, so something like rows or chin-ups or pull-ups, uh, and then some version of core work, so planking, sit-ups, uh, different banded work, dead bugs, whatever it is. If you can do different variations of those movements, and any good gym or any good trainer will show you thousands of variations of those things with a good program, do that three days a week, you will get good results, you'll increase your strength, you'll increase your muscle mass, and you will look better and feel better. So that covers your body, keeping you young and youthful, but now let's cover your heart and lungs, keeping you young and youthful and live longer. So there's no point looking like a million bucks if you don't live long enough to enjoy it, so this is where the cardio comes in. And you want to do at least one or two days of low intensity, steady state cardio. Now what is that? That's something as simple as a walk, going for a run, going for a cycle at a sustainable tempo. So basically you could hold a conversation, you could, you know, let's say I told you run a mile, but you ran it at a two mile pace. So it's sustainable, it's easy, get your heart rate up but not too high so that you can get a bit cardiovascular fitter. That covers your aerobic system. And you can do that one to two times a week. Even something as simple as doing um, 500 meters on a roar at a, at a moderate pace, you know, taking a minute break between sets and doing that five times. That's two and a half, that's two and a half uh, kilometers. So doing that, something as simple as that, a few times, twice in the gym, and kind of picking up the pace week to week, will get you a bit cardiovascularly fitter, aerobically fitter, and you'll be healthier. So that's two days. So we've got three days doing strength training, and two days doing cardio. Now that's five days, or you could combine it into three days, or four days, depending how you train. And that's what's reasonable. Now you could split the difference. You could do three days uh, strength training, and one day of long, uh, steady state cardio and then do one day of high intensity cardio and both those things might not the cardio might not take you 20 minutes 
you know, it doesn't have to be that long. And training in the gym might only take you 40 minutes. You know, if you're not, you know, a world champion powerlifter or a bodybuilder or a marathoner, you don't have to train that long to get pretty good results, especially if you just want to be, you know, healthy and live longer. So that's what's reasonable. Three days in the gym, you know, lifting weights, two days outside the gym or inside the gym, depending on what you can do in your gym, uh, doing some cardio. And that's, that's that. So we're talking maybe four hours a week doing exercise and you'll be covered. And here's the key to all this that binds it together. So getting the seven hour, seven to eight hour sleep, the calories and protein consumption of your diet right, and the exercise right is consistency. So that is the secret to everything. There will be days you do not want to do it. There will be weeks where you do not want to do it. But the key to success is you do it. You get the sleep, you get the diet right, you get the training right. And the days you don't want to do it, maybe you don't do want to do it one day. Fine. But the next day, you got to do it. And the day after that, you got to do it. And the day after that, you got to do it. And does that mean you forego life? No, of course not. Life will happen regardless. There will be christenings. There will be birthdays. There will be going away parties, coming back parties. There will be birthdays. There will be Christmases. There will be weddings. There will be all manner of things that will happen in life all the time that will derail your diet or derail your training or whatever. So those things are going to happen. And if you do the things that are reasonable, most of the time you will get the results that will stand to you all of time. And that's the thing. You have to be reasonable with yourself, understand the goals, and you'll be fine. If any of those things sound unreasonable to you, so if the seven to eight hour sleep is just undoable, if the if, if being aware of how many calories you need to eat and counting them is undoable. If just eating meat, fish and vegetables, the other side of that is undoable. If three days a week in the gym is undoable or three days training in general is undoable, then you must reframe your expectations. You know, you have to kind of be going, mm, I can't make those things, but you know, I can do a little bit. And then that's fine. Let's say you can't get six hours. Let's say you've got a newborn baby and you can't get six hours on broken sleep right now. That's fine. That's fine. Maybe you can watch your diet a bit more. Maybe you can't make it to the gym because you've got a new job and you've got a new life and you're stressful and maybe you can only make it to gym two days a week. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with doing the bare minimum. Just don't put the pressure on yourself to get the best results when you're doing the bare minimum. All right, just be realistic with yourself and your expectations. Do what's reasonable and things you can do and you'll be fine. All right, guys, hope you found that a helpful or informative or whatever buzzword you want to use and whatever you're listening to this on or watching this on, please like, share, subscribe, five star, all the other nonsense you have to do to get these things uh, out there, I suppose. And uh, I hope it helps and we'll talk to you later. Cheers.